What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'm here to bring you uh, something I haven't done in a little bit of time, which is a weekend check-in, right? If you remember, if you've been listening to the to the show for a little bit now, um, you know that I was doing weekend check-ins uh, almost every weekend or every other weekend. Uh, it's basically, for anyone new to the show, um, it's basically where I just kind of drop uh, something that I watched recently, uh, whether it be a game or just some new information or I'm checking on some games. Uh, you know, it's usually a short pod, uh, shorter than the normal pods, which could run about 20 minutes or so. Um, just to kind of dive in and give you guys something more over the weekend, as usually a lot of podcasts don't generally drop content on the weekends. Uh, a lot of the times it's really weekday shows. So I wanted to kind of tap into to give uh, some people uh, just some more content, I guess, right? Uh, but I don't. But I always said that I didn't want to drop content uh, just to drop content, right? Like I, that was always my mission. Uh, I actually got to catch uh, the game of the Celtics Magic last night, uh, which I was talking about on the last pod, uh, because Robert Williams uh, made his return, right, as well as Al Horford. And it was a good game. Uh, it was actually close throughout. Uh, but I do want to talk about some things, um, especially, you know, give some props to the Orlando Magic. This is a five-game win streak now as they beat the Boston Celtics in Boston, which is a big win. Um, and yeah, let's get right into it. So, fresh out of, obviously watching that game right uh, let me actually rewind uh, for this one right so as this game starts I'm thinking to myself okay Robert Williams is back uh, obviously he wasn't starting you know they brought him on later on in the game um, and you know you also think uh, Al Horford's back too right so two guys very important to their rotation um, you know very important to the puzzle that is the Boston Celtics, right? The puzzle to their success, just the, the pieces they need to really push forward. Um, and here's Robert Williams, here's Al Horford back in the lineup. Um, so I think to myself, okay, these guys are going to be on minutes restriction, right? And as I'm looking at the minutes distributed here for Al Horford, 15 minutes and 53 seconds, right? Uh, Robert Williams, 17 minutes, 34 seconds, right? So, so just what I expected, obviously, you don't want to rush these guys back too hard, especially since they're so ahead uh, record-wise and they've been playing well. Um, so you can really take your time. Uh, with these kind of players, right, um, that are that tend to be a little injury prone. Obviously, Al Horford on the older side of his career too. Um, but yeah, this was really uh, the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum show. Um, I feel like when you're looking at the box score, right, you you see some some points right along the line, right? Like like a lot of different players uh, put some points on the board. Um, and this game was close. It was really close, but I will say it was a little bit of an ugly game. In terms of um, just the the percentages, um, just kind of what went wrong in this game, right? So obviously for the Celtics, um, so you get 26 points from Jalen Brown, you get 31 from Tatum. So, you know, typical thing that you're going to see from those two guys, really carrying the offensive load for the Celtics, right? Uh, Al Horford comes back, you know, six points, six rebounds, uh, three blocks, which you love to see. But at the beginning of the third quarter, uh, Al Horford was ejected, kind of like swinging his arm down 
at uh, Mo Wagner. Uh, it was a weird swing. It was definitely like some frustration foul type of thing. I was surprised to see that it was a flagrant two. Um, go back and watch that uh, if you want to. You can just look up Al Horford ejection uh, versus Magic and you'll see it. So um, obviously that was a big hit to them because he helped spread the floor. He gets a lot of blocks. Like I said, three blocks. So, you know, in a, in a, in a game where he gets ejected after like 15 minutes. So, you know, uh, uh, so that, that's about what you got from him. You know, um, you get uh, Derek White right 25 minutes but you know it was uh it was it was a little bit of a struggle you know uh particularly from the three point line from this team you know and when the team is shooting this poorly you know you you start to you start to really understand uh the streakiness that can come with living and dying by the three right so you're looking at Jason Tatum 2 for 8 from the three point line uh Jalen Brown 4 for 10 which 40% right that's really good um which is fine right? Nothing, nothing too bad there, right? But then you're starting to look across, right? Because I noticed there were so many missed shots in this game, uh, particularly from Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon, which were super visible because they were just, I mean, some games you kind of, you, you watch the games and you're like, oh wow, I didn't notice they had such a bad shooting night. But some other games, it's it's so visible that they shot so poorly that you go to the box score and you're like, oh yeah, this is definitely what I thought this was going to look like. So you're looking at one for seven from three from Marcus Smart, right? Uh, one for seven from three for Malcolm Brogdon. One for five from three for Grant Williams. So really a struggle from the three-point line. Uh, 23.9% right? You're looking at the magic just so you can see what kind of game this was, right? Uh, 27% from three, right? So none of these teams shot well from three, right? You're looking at Terrence Ross, one for five from three, uh, one for seven for Franz Wagner, you know, 0 for two for Bull Bull. Uh, let's see, 0 for five from three for Cole Anthony. So it was, it was a really ugly uh, three-point shooting night for both teams. And it was, it was still a competitive game. You know, it was a competitive game. It was close throughout. And the way that it started, I was thinking to myself, okay, this is going to be the Celtics, you know, winning at home, beating obviously an inferior team in the Orlando Magic. Uh, but the Magic quickly caught up in the first quarter and they pretty much held the lead throughout the entire game. Um, it was like the Celtics just couldn't really get stops. And the Magic kept scoring when they were open. It was really one of those games where... The Celtics are scoring, right? But they're struggling. They're struggling to to really uh, convert on open looks, right? And the second chance opportunities for the for the Magic. I mean, the Magic are such a big team, right? Like they played Paolo Bancaro, uh, Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner. Um, I think uh, it was. I'm pretty sure, you know, obviously Cole Anthony a little, obviously he's undersized, but, but, you know, you're thinking about like uh, a Mo Bamba, uh, Admiral Schofield, like, you know, uh, I don't know if I said it already, but Paolo Bancaro, you know, it's just a very, it's a big team, right? They have a lot of height and they're athletic as well. So they have the size that can also run. So that's what makes these, this Orlando Magic team so fun to watch too, is yeah, they're young, they're going to lose a lot of games, and they have some young talent, you know, you're seeing, you're starting to see kind of, you know, the flashes of what this team could potentially be, but the weakness with this Magic team, right, is I want to say uh, defensively, right, needs more work, but uh, the shooting 
is something that will take this Orlando Magic team to the next level. You know, they don't have elite shooting, right? Like, like they, they're always, they're at the bottom in the league in, in, in scoring, right? And they're also at the bottom in defense. And I'm not saying they're dead last, but you know, when you're, when you're at that bottom five in those types of categories, you're not going to be a good team, obviously, right? So it's, it's one of those things where you kind of can see what would quickly just give this team like a quick shot in the arm. Uh, so to speak, right? Like something that can really boost um, tremendously. And, and honestly, um, I could do away with with the defense, right? Like I understand a lot. You could be a you could be a really good team and not be a good defensive team, right? And what I mean by that is you could just be so potent offensively that you could really win a lot of games just outscoring uh, the other team, right? But that's not something that the Magic can really do. They just don't have that kind of offensive firepower yet. Um, and if they had like, like two elite shooters or even just one, and, and I know I talked about that on the last episode about Evan Fournier on the Knicks, where he's like the only real sharp shooting threat technically, and he's really streaky, right? But when you only have one sharpshooter, it's, it, I was talking about this before teams can really hone in on your biggest threat on offense, right? Shooting wise, because he's really the only target on the perimeter. So um, you know, but either way, right, you have just one guy that can really, you have like a, like an above average three point shooter, right? Like some, or, or maybe even elite, right? Like 40%, right? You have one of those shooters on your team and it can really bump up your wins because you're thinking about these guys can get to the rim at will, right? Like you, you watch Paolo Bancaro guys that are big, just bump off of him. This kid is big. He's strong. He's quick. He's skilled. He's not afraid. Um, obviously playing for Duke really, really helped him play in the spotlight. Right. So, so you can tell when he's playing in these games in the NBA, he's not phased, right. No matter who he's playing against, Now he might have a bad game, but he's not shy, right. He's not shy. Um, you know, five for 13 from the field, which was not good. Um, but very aggressive, you know, three for six from the three point line, which is something you love to see. If you're a Paolo Bancaro fan, if you're an Orlando magic fan, right? Uh, you know, that's 50% from three. That's something that you really want to see. He's not going to shoot 50% every night. Um, but if he can just shoot league average or, or more than that, right? Let's give him like 37% from three, right? He's going to be just an amazing player, right? Seven for eight from the free throw line. You love to see that, Um, you know, and, and pretty much, you know, a pretty, a pretty good game for him, you know, 20 points, five rebounds, five assists and a steal. Um, This is a guy that does a little bit of everything um, and just, you know, running away with rookie of the year potentially. And, you know, you have the, the help with Mo Wagner and Franz Wagner, the brothers, right? The Wagner brothers. If you don't watch the Orlando magic, I, not, I'm not going to blame you. I'm not going to knock you because this team loses a lot. Um, but if you're like a basketball junkie, if you like watching uh, young uh, young names, young players, young teams, and you kind of want to see how these college players are are coming up, right? Like, because obviously this is a very young team. Um, 
this is a team that you would like to, you would enjoy, right? Because Bull Bull, just lanky, tall. He's Euro stepping. He's running. He's he's beating the guards down the court. Uh, he's dribbling. You know what I'm saying? Like he's shooting threes and he's doing a little bit of everything. You you see him every other day on your highlights, right? Like when you're when you're scrolling through social media, um, you know. And then obviously, like I said, the Wagner brothers, awesome to watch them play. You know, especially in this game, you get 25 points. Eight rebounds from Mo Wagner. You get 19 points, four rebounds from Franz Wagner. You know, just that 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 chemistry that you get from those two. This team is just so big, athletic. It, I feel like I'm all over the place with this Orlando Magic team. Um, and this team, if it just gets some some form of elite shooting, like if they can find someone out there, or if someone ends up developing into a shooter like that. This team is going to see a big, big difference on the win-loss column. Because without spreading the floor, a lot of these guys want to really drive to the basket. You know, Mo Wagner, uh, his game isn't really from shooting threes. You know, it's putbacks, it's post-ups, it it is a couple of jumpers here and there. But he's really, um, you know, kind of, he likes to attack the basket, right? Uh, Franz Wagner, same thing. You know, he does tend to try to shoot. Right, but he's just not there yet. You know, in this game, one for seven from three for Franz Wagner, right? Uh, and, you know, it's just one of those things, right? Like, that's going to come, right? He's he's still super, super young, you know, so he can always develop that. But as of right now, a lot of players that are just strong bruisers types of guys, right? They want to attack, right? They, they want to attack the rim. But when you have three guys like that that want to attack the rim, you need some floor spacers, right? You need to give them space to operate. You know, it's like, it's like, um, if, if let's, let's put Giannis, right? On like, uh, I don't know, on the New York Knicks, right? Just, just an example, right? A team that doesn't really have elite three point shooting around them, right? It's, it's a very cluttered offense, right? That's what it looks like from the New York Knicks. Um, and if you throw Giannis on that team, right? Um, a lot easier to, to guard him, right? In that sense, because, most of the Knicks players are attack the rim kind of guys, right? Like mid-range scoring and, and, you know, things like that. It's not a lot of elite three-point shooting. It's not three-point shooting at all, right? Like you don't really see a lot of that. Um, and so all you have to do is pack up the paint and not really worry about shooters. It would be super easy on opposing teams to guard Giannis in that sense. And I, the reason I bring up Giannis is because he's a player that, just absolutely needs floor spacing to be successful right now. Now, obviously, Giannis is still going to get his numbers and he can probably do it night in and night out inefficiently if he's not surrounded by shooters, but he's not winning a championship without the floor spacing. He's not uh, he's not getting deep into the playoffs without floor spacing, right? Especially when the game slows down and it starts to get a little more cluttered um, in the middle of the game, right? Because it slows down so much, the floor shrinks up and the pace just isn't what it is in the regular season, right? So that's the problem I'm seeing here, right? You know Paolo wants to attack. You know Bull Bull wants to attack. You know Mo Wagner wants to attack. Franz Wagner, um, you know, so you need to have guys that can operate in a way that they can just relieve some pressure off of them, right? Because they're going to collapse the defense when they attack. That's going to happen no matter what. You can't really guard Paolo uh, one-on-one, right? Franz is getting to that level where when he attacks, help defense has to kind of show, 
right? Mo Wagner is a big player as well. You know, you kind of have to show when he's up in there if your team is playing a little undersized that night, right? It's just the kind of, you see what could really solve some problems for the Orlando Magic, right? And this is the most I've talked about the Magic since I did the uh, the Magic uh, on that Teams to Watch, that mini-series pod I had uh, for all the teams in the league and also when I was breaking down the draft picks. Um, but yeah, that's all I want to talk about with the Orlando Magic, um, you know, but just a, a promising young team, you know, obviously a lot of holes in their game, uh, not enough shooting. The defense is very, very, very questionable. Um, you know, it's just not good right now. And then you're looking at the Celtics, right? Like this is a team that, you know, I'm, it's funny. I was watching the game with my fiance right last night and she tells me, this is the team that you're saying is the best right now. Like potentially the best in the league, the Boston Celtics, they don't look, they look kind of whatever to me. They don't look that special. And I, I rewinded to a play where they're just like, the ball movement is insane, right? Uh, where they're just, they're kicking it, they're kicking it, they're kicking it, extra pass, extra pass. It ends up in Marcus Smart's hands. Um, and then, uh, there's an extra pass. It ends up in, in Malcolm Brogdon wide open in the corner, which Robert Williams was able to, to, to find him after drawing two. It was like, it was like about five or six pass sequence, uh, between the Celtics that ends up in Brogdon's hands, corner three. I think it was the only three he ended up making in that game. Um, and I showed her that and I said, you see this flash of a sequence from this team. This is when they're at their best, right? And, and not only that, they have the skill, right? So it's not something you're going to see every night. These teams aren't robots, right? Um, obviously, you know, there's road trips, there's, there's, uh, some guys are in and out of lineups because of injuries. Also, they're playing the magic. So the motivation probably is a factor too. You know, it's a bad team. It's a team tanking. Yeah. They're on a four game win streak before they play you, but it's the Orlando magic. It's a young team. They don't really have, uh, they're not going to be a, an obstacle in the way in the playoffs to run, you know, to, to compete for the championship or anything like that. This is just a team that you want to knock away, right? And, and just get it over with, right? And get on to the next game. And, you know, and um, that's something that I tried explaining to her because, and it's funny that she brought that up though, right? Because it was like, it was like, yeah, you know, they, they looked slow footed. They looked tired. They didn't look interested. It was a little uncharacteristic of what I've been seeing from the Celtics, right? And it's going to happen. You know, I mean, this, every, they're, they're human, right? Like this, these things happen, especially when you're a little bit ahead, from the rest of your conference, right? But it, it's it's a close race between them and the Bucks, record-wise, right? So, um, you know, you take your foot off the gas a little bit, and you can kind of, you can concede, uh, you, you, you end up giving up your home court advantage, potentially in a series against the Bucks, right? And that, that could swing a series, right? Having home court advantage is really important. So I'm not here saying that, hey, you know, they can take their foot off the gas and it's fine. Generally speaking, yeah, you know, you could give up some games, um, not every game is a must win at this point for them right now, but it is something that they should concern themselves with, right? Like if you're playing the magic, put them away, right? It has to be a free win. You have to make sure you win games like this because there's going to be harder ones. 
down the stretch, right? There's going to be way harder games, right? That are more losable than this one, right? Especially how poorly the Magic shot, right? But they out-rebounded them by a lot in this game, right? The Magic just out-rebounded the Celtics. And it's something you'll probably expect to see because of the length, the size, the athleticism that the Magic have too. Um, and, you know, just things like that. So the Celtics really, to me, uh, they looked like I went back in the schedule. Like I went back a day to see if they had played the night before because this was back to back energy, right? Like the this had back to back vibes <laughs> for the Celtics. Like they weren't really um, I don't know. They, they didn't look interested in this game, you know, and that's probably why my fiance brought it up to me. She was like, yeah, she was saying that she was saying, yeah, you know, this team. They look whatever to me, you know, and and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, that they just look lazy tonight. You know, they didn't look like they, they were ready and they kind of sparked at the end, right? Like towards the end of the game, uh, at, like very late in the fourth quarter, but it was already too late. You know, the Magic were already really ahead. Um, and the reason I wanted to bring this game up is because Robert Williams came back, right? And you saw some nice little putback dunks, tip-ins, uh, nice little, he, he was catching some drop-off passes in the paint, like, like um, uh, Jalen Brown would attack the basket. He would draw two defenders and then just easy little drop-off pass to Robert Williams, who's right under the rim. So he adds this element to the Celtics, right, that we're going to see as he starts coming along and as, as they start putting him in the starting lineup, um, he adds this element of, hey, you know, uh, if you help on these drives, like if Jason Tatum blows by a, a defender um, and you're the help defender coming up, you're leaving a, an alley-oop, like backdoor cut opportunity for Robert Williams, and he's going to convert on those. <laughs> like a hundred percent of the time he's gonna catch the lob that they're gonna throw to him if you help from the painted area and he's gonna dunk that home right so it's almost like a guaranteed two points if if the help defense gets away from Robert Williams right so he adds an element to where opposing teams can't really leave him open because he likes to move right like his game is off ball movement Right? He's not like a playmaker with the ball in his hands. He he makes things happen via screens, um, via uh, backdoor cuts. Uh, you know, guys are sleeping on him and he's moving without the ball. That's really where Robert Williams uh, becomes a threat, right? And you're getting penetration with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, and it, it draws attention and it leaves him open for easy opportunities. You know, uh, if they miss... Uh, if they miss three-pointers, if they miss mid-range jumpers, uh, which they often like to take, Robert Williams adds a rebounding element to this team as well, right? Uh, we know the rim protection, obviously, right? Like, that's that's really what Robert Williams brings to this team as well. So it's, it's a lot more different uh, factors uh, that are added in when you have Robert Williams. So people want to say, uh, the three-point shooting is a question mark because now the the spacing isn't really there like it is um, with the with the Grant Williams at the five or Al Horford at the five. But Robert Williams brings paint protection, right? Rim protection. He brings uh, he brings a lob threat, right? Uh, he brings off-ball movement threats. Um, the screens he sets are very strong, um, and he's just very mobile. You know, very mobile, super important to these Celtics. It was cool to see him out there. It's going to take some time, you know, get his legs under him, play some actual real NBA games, right? Get in that NBA shape, 
right? Quote unquote, the NBA shape, right? Because, because you, you're in, you're in elite shape as, as an average person, right? You're an athlete in the league, but being in game shape is something totally different. And that's something we're going to see as time passes. Um, but yeah, you know, that's going to do this weekend check-in. That's going to be it for this one. Um, you know, just wanted to kind of touch on what I saw from Robert Williams' return and from a cool game between the Celtics and the Magic, um, which didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Uh, but it was a fun watch. Uh, if you have League Pass, you should definitely watch that game. You know, you, you get a lot of good gems from that game. Um, you know, it was... It was fun. It was a close one throughout. Uh, it got away from the Celtics at home, which was awesome to see the Magic win away, right, at TD Garden. Um, but yeah, uh, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm going to be working on the video for the YouTube channel, um, and I'm going to announce it uh, via on this podcast. Uh, I'll probably just post it on the pod, but I'll also link the video to the YouTube so you guys can listen to it or you can watch it on the YouTube channel like I did last time for the Kevin Durant video. Uh, but like I said, that's going to do it for this episode. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.